0: Here we go. We might have Matthew up again. Uh, Matthew, let's uh, can we? You can hear us, Matthew. Can we hear you?
1: How about? Can you guys there we there go. Yeah.
0: It's there a we go. Delay. It is a slight delay. So thank you, friend. I know you heard us talking about Ernie Adams, and uh, ah, uh, yeah. now that this piece is done, and the, you're hearing how people are reacting to it, how good does it make you feel? Like, did you did you nail the bullseye?
1: Well, I think the thing that matters to me most is that, you know, people feel like we got the story right. And what I mean by that is not necessarily the fan base, though I'm very interested in that, but it's the people who are in the room. And that's the thing that I'm most interested to hear as this thing starts to come out is, you know, I wasn't a Patriots fan growing up, so I didn't really know anything about this team when I started this, but that was in a way very, very helpful because it allowed me to sit back and listen and to, to what the people who were in the room you know, you guys are talking about Ernie Adams, for example, uh, that were there in the rooms when they were making the decisions that led to the great successes, but also the people that were there in the rooms when this thing started to fall apart towards the end.
2: So how did this even come about? Like, what Talk, talk about yeah. how tough it was to, of course, pitch this idea, how the whole thing came about and uh, how long it took you to actually start from start to finish.
1: Yeah so I mean the way it started was very simple. Um, Jeff Benedict had written uh, a book called Tiger that I was directing at you know back in 2021 it had just come out on HBO and right around that time Jeff would always be I would always be talking to him when he was in the car and I would you know eventually after a while I just said by the way why are you always in the car when we're when whenever I'm giving you updates about Tiger and how we're putting the thing together and blah blah blah, blah. and he says well, you know, I'm going to Foxborough a lot. And I just thought, well, I mean, he, maybe he's a Patriots fan, but I mean, this is, this is a lot of trips to Foxborough. And finally he confessed to me that he uh, was going up there writing a book about the new England Patriots. And um, you know, a couple weeks later he said, by the way, when this thing comes out, do you want to come on and uh, make the doc series version of this? And I said, you know, I didn't know much, but I said, of course. And then the answer is, you know, two and a half plus almost three years later, here we are uh, talking about this thing. And I think Jeff and I at the very early stages, you know, we talked, we talked about the things that we hoped we would get. And what I mean by that is just people being honest on camera and really talking about the things That uh, The way that they really went down, and I think that one of the things I'm most proud of is I feel like we accomplished that in a lot of ways. Uh,
0: When you went in with the storyboard, I'm just curious how you kind of laid it out. Like there was the, boy, if we can get some quotes on this, it'd be great. And then it's almost like your A-list, your B-list, your C-list, trying to prioritize and get intel from people who notoriously for two decades have been really good at not saying nothing.
1: You know, it's sort of the way that you do every project. There's this, there's a great quote by a documentary filmmaker, which is that if you end up with the story that you started with, it means you weren't listening along the way. And so what you do is you sit and you listen, and then you get one interview, and that informs the way you ask questions in the next one. And then the things that you get from there give you tidbits that lead to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And so by the time, you know, a year and a half in, I finally get to talk to Rob Gronkowski, for example. I have all this information that I've collected from listening to all these people, and I can ask him things and say, you know, such someone's, you know, not not really telling him who said it, but saying, let's say, a captain on the team mentioned that this was how he felt in this situation. How did you feel? Things like that. And so I think that, you know, part of what you're talking about here is that this team was always at arm's length. It was, you know, it was tough to, really know much of what was going on because the thing that you saw the most of was Bill Belichick up at the lectern basically saying things like we're on to Cincinnati and, you know, things of that nature. And part of me wonders if one of the reasons we succeeded here is that these guys never were able to get a lot of this stuff off their chest and here was an opportunity to finally do so.
2: So we're talking to Matthew Hamachek, the director of the Apple TV Plus docuseries, uh, The Dynasty on the Patriots, which... Again, I, I think you heard that I watched a big portion of this. And, um, man, there's so much to this. I, I the Some of the footage that you found. So he has some the old footage of uh, Brady living in, uh, was it uh, Lawyer Malloy's, or was it Ty Law's house, uh, his old Ty condo? Ball, yeah. But I think the things, like the big ticket items for me, the number one thing, it was like the grassy knoll. It's the Malcolm Butler. Situation, Mm. And I'm amazed, and I don't want to give much. We've had Malcolm Butler on the show before. We've talked to other people. We asked him. And we flat out asked him. And even the docuseries, he says he still doesn't know. You ask Bill. And the one portion of of this is is when I feel like Bill kind of gives you a little attitude. And maybe he did a little bit more, okay, Uh, because he said, you know what, it's almost like he was your dad. Like, we talked about that, Matthew. It's like he didn't (laughs) want to address it, okay? And so do you think that that – that question was answered in this docu-series?
1: I don't know. I I mean, the answer is that there's, there is no definitive answer because there's only two people that know it. And it's Bill Belichick and Malcolm Butler. Right. And both of them seem to, at least, at least Malcolm says he doesn't know. And as you said, Bill gives me that answer. I think We're not going to give away what was said in the moment, but I think that Robert Kraft is probably the person who is the most uh, forthright about what he heard the situation is. And I think the folks that are listening right now have to wait until, um, you know, episode nine comes out, uh, you know, I think around March 15th to sort of figure out what that is. But I think that comment that Robert makes right after uh, Bill uh responds is probably the biggest revelation as far as the Malcolm Butler situation goes
2: okay so I, I'm glad I wasn't gonna say that part because I didn't want to give that away because I agree no. with you. I feel like I feel like because my the answer to my own question was yes you do find out why he didn't play and then yeah. the rest is up to your own imagination but I feel exactly. like th- that was that was who was the toughest guy that you had to other than bill who was who was the I guess the toughest to interview?
1: Toughest to interview is a hard question. I'll tell you one of the people that was the hardest to get to interview was Adam Vinatieri. And, you know, I want to bring this up because um, one of his better episodes, episode two, which which for all the Patriot fans out there covers um, the snow game. And in in my mind, arguably one of the greatest kicks in NFL history, if not the greatest kick in NFL history to tie the game and take it into overtime. Um, and it's not that Adam didn't want to go on, it was just, I think he wanted to make sure that this was finally going to be the real deal, and that's what he kept saying to me over and over again. He said, look, you know, I get these requests all the time. NFL Films always asks him to do stuff. Uh, You know, everybody's always reaching out, and he's sort of always turning things down, and I think what he wanted to make sure of was this was going to be as close to the definitive story of the New England Patriots as possible, and I think for him the other part was Let's not forget, you know, Adam went and was with the Colts for a very long time. And in episode seven, when we get to the flake gate, sort of gives his perspective as a as the kicker of the Colts, not the New England Patriots, former kicker and talks about how people on that team felt. And I think Adam wanted to make sure that people like Tom and Bill and Robert were going to participate, but also that we were actually going to do this in an unvarnished way. So it took me, gosh, like, you know, a year and a half almost two years to finally get him to agree to go on and then I had to go out to Indiana uh to Indianapolis and and go to his house and um and and that's where we finally did his interview and I think it's one of the better ones in the series because he talks yes of course about the kick and that's an incredible moment but he gives the soundbite to me that sums up sort of the beginning of this story which is that one of the things that happened when Drew Bledsoe went out, and Tom Brady came in. Tom Brady was, as everybody that's listening to the show right now knows, the 199th pick. He wasn't Mr. Irrelevant, but he was, you know, not that far away. And what what Adam talks about is that not having a superstar on that team afforded everybody the feel like they had ownership. And what he's, I, I, I'm not going to quote him exactly, but he says, obviously, it was Mr. Kraft's team, but it felt like it wasn't. Bill's team it wasn't Tom's team it was all of our team and it sets up this this culture and this sort of magical thing that happens in that 2001 season where all these people have to step up and it's the foundation for everything all these catchphrases which I know you know at various times Tom has said and Bill have sort of dismissed them but like the patriot way and things like that and um Uh, interviewing, interviewing Adam was, was, was really special. And, you know, as you talked about, uh, earlier, Ernie Adams was, uh, one of my favorite people to talk to, and and got to talk to him for about 15 hours over the course of the two plus years that we were making this thing.
0: Matthew Hamachek is the director of the dynasty. Also worked on uh, Tiger for HBO as well. Uh, he's got a lot of great product out there. Kind enough to join us on Twitch today, here with Gresham Fourier. You use the word unvarnished, and mm. that this was a multi-year process. I'm curious how all of that blended together considering what has most recently happened with Bill Belichick going out the door. We saw, you know, Christian made the joke of the dad, you know, well, Matthew, we talked about that. I don't know how many times you might have got Heisman along the way, but I'm curious how you kind of navigated getting what you needed to get with people who normally, again, aren't willing to give it? I know you mentioned you got more intel as you went along. Did you find more people maybe like Adam Vinatieri who wanted to tell the tale? Or was everybody kind of guarded?
1: No, I think in a lot of ways, I mean, look, the proof's in the pudding, right? As you said, you've watched a lot of the thing, and you can tell that I think our goal when we set out to make this thing on unvarnished is, is there. And what I mean by that is you look at it and... You know, if somebody says, oh, you're going to make a 10-part series about the Patriots, the first thing that everybody asks, whether they were a diehard Patriots fan or not, is, well, are you going to, you know, is is there going to be Spygate? Is there going to be Deflategate? Are you going to be able to cover Hernandez? Are you going to be able to cover Malcolm Butler? And are you going to be able to cover the unraveling of the thing? And I think when people start to watch that, the answer is there's an entire episode about Spygate. There's an entire episode about Deflategate, an entire episode about Hernandez. And then, um, you know, the, the sort of unraveling of the dynasty is covered in the last three episodes. But what I found so incredible about being able to hear these people tell these stories is, yes, all that stuff's interesting because it made headlines. And I think we go much deeper than the headlines that people have read in the past. But it's the creation of this thing and this sort of selfless uh, machine in a a way that is really, really hard to, to create. Hard to win one Super Bowl with that culture, and and then to do three and four years, and to sustain it for nearly twenty before the thing fell apart is as incredible and as interesting as all of the you know juicy details that the that everybody wants to know about.
2: Yeah, and I think Matthew, director uh, we have here, joined us. Matthew Hamacek, uh directed the uh, the the Dynasty on Apple uh, TV Plus. After watching it. That's what ultimately I think I came away with because you left out there are some Bill Parcells segments in there about how that went down the you know the purchase of the team you you understand crafts like you know foresight into acquiring the team mm-hmm. um you know, and then with everything that went on is amazing, even though you just went through it i i'm I'm wondering like can you even imagine' is it it's almost um Un- unthinkable that they were able to still win with all that going on.
1: Yeah, that that's right. And I think that one of the one of through lines for the Patriots was that they performed at their best when their backs were up against the wall, right? When everybody on the outside world, you, you know, in sports, every, everybody talks about how, if you're going into the Super Bowl game, it's which team can sort of say, I'm the underdog and nobody believes in us and sort of have this sort of false sort of creation of the feeling of having your back up against the wall but the thing that I kept seeing is that the Patriots actually were put in that position. What I mean by that is they win three and four years, they go from being the black sheep of the NFL to being a dynasty. And there's this great line in the Christopher Nolan Batman movies that Michael Strahan actually uses when they're about to play the Patriots for the first time, which is you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain and most teams my team that i root for like the packers for example if they're lucky they get to the super bowl once every 20 30 years and then all of a sudden they they never can so they sort of die the hero right but then the patriots won enough to eventually become the villain and um i i think when they had their backs up against the walls when they did their best work and what i mean by that is that 07 season right spygate happens and then what you see in from the footage because we had access, you pointed this out, but we had access to 35,000 hours of footage that had, a lot of which has never been seen before. So we're in the locker room when Bill addresses the team uh, after Spygate. And then all of a sudden, it's like you're on, you're with the evil empire. You're, as one of our editors put it, you're almost on the death star as the as the evil empire goes from planet to planet, destroying everything in their path. And what you're used to seeing from the patriots is this quiet sort of subdued we're all you know we're just focused on the chargers next week which is what bill said after the jets game and after the uh, scandal began but what you get to witness through the footage that we have is that it was more like a party as they were going throughout the league destroying everybody in their path and um i, I we didn't get it into the movie but uh my favorite bill belichick line over the 20 years is is when they play the redskins that season. And I think he scores a touchdown when they're up something like 45 to nothing. And and somebody says, why why do you feel a need to go do that? And, and he responds and he says, what do you want me to do? Kick a field goal? And uh, I think that's one of the great Bill Belichick lines of all time.
0: I was just going to ask you, Matthew, as kind of a last thing, whether it was, I don't know, a quote, an interview, a person, what turned into one whole episode. Was there one thing throughout this process where you kind of had that holy bleep moment where you were like, this is a nugget of gold.
1: Yeah. um, One of those moments for sure. And again, I'm not going to give away what it is because it's not coming out until uh, March 15th or so. But um, there were, three or four times both in the Danny Amendola interview and in the Rob Gronkowski interview where I couldn't believe how 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 forthright and how how much they were willing to reveal and how much they were willing to talk about. And I think that hearing that was the first time that I was like, oh wow, some of these things that have been hinted about in, you know, articles that sort of quote anonymous sources and you can never tell is this like, you know, is this the guy who's like throwing out the trash in the building or is this like an actual source here? We have the people who were there and they are saying these things. And, and that was, some of those things were just shocking to me, but I, I just appreciate the fact that, you know, as a documentary filmmaker, you, you sort of, you live and die by the people who are willing to talk to you and how far they're willing to go. And I just, I'm honored that I was allowed to tell this story. And the thing that was most important to me is that, yes, we get into all these details, but I also want people to be able to watch this and say, okay, you know, I might not agree with the reasons that this person did this, but I understand why they did them. And to realize that, um, you know, everybody, in this story was trying to do the best they could. And they were doing it on the biggest stage imaginable. Um, And the fact that they accomplished what they did is just remarkable.
2: Okay. Last two things for me, I'll make them quick because you spent so much time covering this team, looking at film, talking to all the important people in this organization. Can you, for me and Gresh right here, define the Patriot way?
1: I think it's so many different things, and and I know that's not the 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 sexy answer that you probably <laughs> want. But I I there, I still remember talking to Scott Pioli and I and you know there's always these questions like this: What's the Patriot Way? Who was responsible? Was it Bill or was it Tom? But I really like two answers that I got on this subject. The first was from and when he said to me when I said was it Bill or was it Tom? He said that's almost an insulting question because what it ignores is the hundreds, if not thousands of people that came through that building over time and and contributed to all of the success that was had. The other line that I think of that really sums up the series to me comes from Ernie Adams, which was talking about how it was one of the first things we ever talked about. Um, when I first met him, he said, you know, people say it was no fun to be here, or, you know, whatever. But our fun, frankly, was put was at the end of the year, the confetti's falling on your head and you get to put your finger on the Lombardi trophy. That was our fun. And I think what he was talking about was all the hard work, all the all the the sweat that was put into getting there. And I think that the through line for all of these people, Robert Kraft, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, is how hard they worked individually and collectively to get there. And look. I know everybody's talking about the chiefs as a dynasty and it's nothing against the chiefs. I just don't think this is what the Patriots accomplished to have two separate dynasties over 20 years will ever be, um, accomplished again. I could be wrong. And it was an honor for me to get to talk to these people who were there, who made it happen. But I think for everybody, whether you're a Patriots fan, whether you hate the Patriots where you couldn't care less about football, it's it's a fun thing to sit back and watch, and you'll learn a lot about people and how you create something, how you sustain it, and then sometimes how like the messiness of of human being, a human being with ego and stuff like that comes in, how that kind of stuff can sometimes uh, tear it all apart.
0: This is fantastic, Matthew. Uh, Thanks a bunch. I I, I was going to
1: say, I have your next project for you. Oh, God. I have your next project
2: for you. you I feel like it's just a working title. If you hang up, it's
0: a working title. If you hang up, I understand.
2: Let me have a quick pitch, quick elevator pitch. Oh, man. Here Here it is. Here it is. Foyer. Just a kid from the valley. That's it. There's the title The Life and Times of Christian Fourier Growing Up in the San Fernando Valley. There we go. There That's we it. go.
1: All right. I'm sure I'll have
0: my people call your people. Hey, listen, Sounds I'm great. sure, I'm sure Vinatieri <laughs> told Matthew Hamachek, yeah, watch out for this eighty eight A <laughs> hole who jumps up on my shoulders twice <laughs> after I make a big kick. Yeah. Oh my That's goodness. Me. I'm that guy. <laughs> there you go. Hey Matthew, man, this was awesome. Thanks for the time. It was great. Congratulations. Anytime, great guys. work. I, no. I love
1: talking about it. So just thanks for having me on and uh hope you guys enjoy it. No, good
0: stuff. Thank you. And thanks appreciate for it. the advanced screener. We appreciate it. That's Matthew. Matthew Hamachek, the the, the director of the dynasty.